The Cannabis Conversation. A European perspective on the emerging legal cannabis industry. Welcome to the Cannabis Conversation with Anoush Desai, where we explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals that are helping shape it. On today's show, we have Andrew Sears. Andrew is a business development associate for Cedars. Cedars are the leading European crowdfunding platform. Welcome, Andrew. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Where in the world are you? I'm just in London, Finsbury Park. Very nice. At the time of recording, the sun is definitely shining, so... Hope you're getting outside later. It is, it is, yes. Planning for, to go for a bike ride later on. Yes. Nice. So listen, I'm really looking forward to this actually because crowdfunding is definitely a feature of cannabis investment in the UK. So there's lots to talk about, get your views on and how you're seeing all of that. But the usual place where we start is a bit about you and your personal story. What were you doing before and how did you end up at Cedars? Yeah, so originally from Sydney, Australia. Went to school there, went to uni there, and decided to make a shift across to the UK, family relations. While I was in Australia, I worked for a medical device company specialising in spinal implants instrumentation, working with neurosurgeons, orthopaedic surgeons. Then that was rather niche and decided to be able to expand sort of what it is that I'm looking to do. And I found myself coming over to the UK and working for a foreign direct investment company where we worked with entrepreneurs across the world now I'm looking to come across to the UK and start their businesses here then found myself at another sort of investment platform before finding myself to Cedars finding my way to Cedars where I'm now working with all kinds of entrepreneurs looking to raise capital top up their fundraisers with Cedars as allocation through the crowd so yeah been here for around 10 months and yeah leading on the CBD raises that yeah raising with the with the seeders with the cbd investors yeah fantastic and do you just look at cbd cannabis as a sector or do you look at other sectors as in your personal role personal role um specializing in prop tech then also we have legal tech and a little bit of fintech as well great and so yeah tell us a bit more about seeders you know how long has it been around for and what do you do exactly <laughs> yeah so seeders is a leading yeah, crowdfunding platform in Europe, predominantly since, well, started in 2012. It was created by two lawyers. They were studying their Bachelor of Arts and then went on and did an MBA. And as a part of their MBA project, it was off the back of the GFC. And they realized that startups were having a significant difficulty in taking on or finding capital to be able to grow their businesses. And what they thought was there is this huge push for democratization of assets and why is it that we can't invest into startups as a sort of an everyday investor. So Cedars was then built and now investors can invest as little as £10 into these sort of growing startups that are predominantly based in the UK, agnostic, all kinds of different sectors. And yeah, it's uh, developed into this beast over the last 10 years and we've recently just been acquired by uh, Republic, which is a large unicorn over in New York. And that's going to go ahead in April this year. And what that's going to do is to be able to yeah, create the largest private investment network in the world, which we're very excited about. And they're going to use Cedars as a, as a mechanism to expand throughout Europe. So yeah, working with them 
to help these startups grow. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the Republic acquisition. Is that, I mean, that's quite a big game changer for you guys. It is, it is. In terms of sort of Cedars and how we're operating, they're looking to us to sort of lead the, lead the charge in Europe, leaving us to our own ways to be able to do that. And it just means that it's going to eventually lead to a nice cross collaboration between companies that are looking to expand internationally. Um, to be able to have those relationships across the water and eventually, yeah, scale and, and, and grow, not just with Cedars, but, but Republic. And yeah, it's, it is rather exciting. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And how has the dreaded COVID affected the business from your perspective? I mean, it's obviously had an impact, but some businesses have benefited, not benefited, but, you know, found a way to, to kind of make things work for them. How's it affected you guys? Mm. So retail investors, what we found over, over COVID is that a lot more people are actually spending their time at home, <laughs> not out of choice. But what we found was that a lot more people were actually investing through the platform. And reason for why, was, why this was the case or is the case is because people had extra liquidity to be able to exchange. They weren't going on holidays. They weren't jumping up to the pub up the road. Instead, they were spending their time to either educate themselves on this growing space of which you see a huge number of people that are now actively sort of either thinking about creating a startup or at least yeah pursuing it or, or being a part of one yeah what we've seen is on Cedars's platform that there's been a, a huge increase and this I guess ties quite nicely into how CBD businesses have sort of launched around the sort of same sort of time period and we've seen a huge number of interest from our investors into this opportunity so yeah yeah Really interesting. Is there any kind of particular types of demographic that you've noticed as a trend in terms of people who are signing up? Yeah, so the demographic for Cedars are investors, obviously, yeah, from 18 all the way up until, yeah, the older demographic, but predominantly they're 25 to 35. These are investors on average investing around about £800 per ticket. So obviously that is uh, fluctuates between those that are investing as little as £10 all the way up to people that invest upwards of £50,000, even £100,000 through the platform. So this demographic, we do say that we're sort of the platform which is more sophisticated high net worth. What we mean by that is that the people that are investing on the platform really do dig deep into the sort of the fundamentals of the startups that raise with us. And that's testament to the discussion boards on the platform itself. Yeah, right. And you must have to do a bit of due diligence on the companies that you allow onto the platform as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we see over, oh, I don't know exactly how many, but we get a lot of queries and sort of submissions to see whether companies may be suitable. You see the sort of values of Cedars is to be able to support startups in every way that we possibly can. But that being in mind, we also do need to look out for our investors that are on the platform too. So we do need to understand what these companies are building, whether they are going to be a business in which can sort of is unique. It has a proposition, a USP, and obviously led by great teams and has a huge following as well. So this is where it ties into that community piece of bringing across possibly your existing customers to be able to then top up that amount into the fundraise. And then Cedars investors would then top up that allocation on for when it launches on the platform. Well, look, thank you, man. Let's go back, actually take a step back and we'll talk a bit about cannabis and how you guys are sort of approaching that sector in a second, but a bit of 101 on, on crowdfunding. So obviously 
we've talked about, you know, you can be a small investor. How do you see this sort of fitting amongst the sort of venture capital kind of early stage investing landscape? Mm. Yeah, so for Cedars, we are there as a follow-on funder. So as a follow-on funder, you are jumping on the back of a investor, whether it's an institution, whether it's an angel, whether it's an investor that's a high ticket sort of investor that knows your business, knows the industry sector. And for that investment, that lead investment, cornerstone anchor, whatever you'd like to call it, they're going to be the people that are going to set the economic terms for the round. So setting the valuation, share price and share class. And from that, we do need that lead investment before we proceed with the CEDAS round. And reason for why that's the case is because we need to reassure those investors that are on our platform that someone else has that really robust understanding of the business. And for us to be then reassured that for when it does launch on the platform, that lead investment is going to be the cornerstone to that round. So how we operate as CEDAS is we look at that lead investment, we analyze that, we then also understand the, the sort of community of this company and to be able to see whether they be active, whether they're actively involved or actively interested in participating in a round that they are then investing into the company in which they're most interested in or, or use as a product or a service. And then Cedars then tops up that allocation. So that's usually the, the three pillars. You have lead, you have community, and then you have the Cedars investors. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. That's a really good explanation. And it's on a practical level, how would I own shares in the company? Do I get the same sort of voting rights, etc.? How does that all work? Yeah, so that comes back to that lead investment piece and those economic terms that have been set. So to ensure that our investors that are on the platform are receiving the same economic terms as that lead investment. So the company would be working quite closely with the legal team, Cedar's legal team and our investment team to ensure that all of the investment documentation is aligned so that when it does launch, any investment from our investors is on the same terms. So what happens for when an investor invests on the platform? You have the process of obviously looking at the pitch, the campaign, the video, the due diligence or the, or the pitch deck, asking questions on the discussion board and digging deep into the, into the fundamentals. From when that happens, you can then push the invest button. When investors push the invest button, they're then yeah, invested into this into this company of which their shares are underlying in this thing called a nominee, which is where Cedars is the single name on a company's cap table. Cedars represents those investors underlying, yet all of those investors are beneficial economic owners of the shares. So what happens is if it's an early stage company, you can, as an investor, underneath this nominee, you can receive that EIS certificate and you can obviously ask questions. You have permissions to be able to vote in preemption. So to be able to opt into more allocation of your, of your investment into, into subsequent rounds. Then what we also have is Cedars ensures that, yeah, that's, that's it. Great. Cool. Thank you. And so one of the things you just mentioned, actually, which I think is quite interesting, was around the video. So how have you seen sort of the marketing evolve in this space? Because ultimately it's it's pitching, right? You're pitching for money. So have you seen that kind of increase in sophistication? Absolutely. If you look back at campaigns five, six years ago, some campaigns didn't even have a video. I mean, you don't need to have a video for a campaign, except it's highly encouraged. 
this is due to a number of factors. I mean, firstly, people are stringent for time. Videos, obviously, you have a set period in which you're being able to sort of understand what the business is all about. Founders, you want to be able to get to know them on a personal level. It's not just about the economics. It's not just about the return. If you believe in a product, you want to make sure that you're investing into people that you're aligned with. And this is a nice way for founders to be able to showcase what they're all about. And what these videos have done in these two strange old times of living virtually, I mean, you see a lot more people and a lot more companies actually pitching virtually using videos as opposed to pitch decks. And it's just testament to the time and the quality of these videos has increased significantly. And we work with a number of partners to be able to optimize that video and ensure that it's going to be most suitable for your product, for the investor who's likely to invest. Yeah, brilliant. And so to get to to sort of the main topic, cannabis, how is, I mean, Cedars is a great name for a crowdfunding platform for cannabis. How are you guys looking at it as a subsector? Yeah, so 2021 was the year that we started launching CBD businesses on the platform. We facilitated over 14.5 million pounds euros of investment into CBD businesses. And this was over 11 campaigns. So 14.5 million pounds of euros into, into 11 campaigns. These campaigns, they ranged from medicinal cannabis growing the hemp all the way to sort of those B2C businesses whereby you have cans of sort of CBD drinks or soaps or the plethora of sort of B2C consumer goods raising with us. So diving into sort of reasons for why our investors would be investing into these businesses is firstly for the medicinal cannabis purposes, those that are most interested in say B2B and understand the premise and sort of nature of CBD as a whole. They are most compelled by those businesses because they sort of grassroots level. Whereas you then have these B2C businesses who may be using a supplier, a manufacturer, but they have a community. These investors, these retail investors are likely to be able to invest into the product because they're so passionate about it. And what we, what we see is a higher conversion of pledged interest from a company's community into investment for CBD businesses than other sort of brands. And I think this is the nature of sort of the huge sort of interest in this space. And it's something to watch throughout 2022. And so that's 2021. 2022, how I think it's going to pan out. Obviously, we have the, the novel foods, which we can dive into, but that's sort of front of mind for a lot of the calls that I'm having at the moment. I'm understanding how companies are tackling that and to be able to then provide that reassurance to say their lead investors, those institutional investors, those that might be investing due to them becoming sort of regulated to then off the back of that, provide that reassurance for the retail investor that is a CEDAS investor. Yeah. And again, yeah, it's that sort of, due diligence and that vetting and, and compliance aspect that you guys are, are doing behind the scenes. It's interesting, actually, because I always thought crowdfunding was naturally more suited to B2C businesses, but you do obviously do stuff that's not necessarily customer-facing or, you know, end-user-facing. Yeah, so back in the day, I mean, yeah, 2012, yeah, most products were B2C on crowdfunding because it had that community element, and it does help to be able to build up that momentum prior to a launch. However, we see many businesses in sectors such as sustainability, mobility, those CBD businesses that actually raise a significant amount from the CEDAS investors and make up a large portion of that fundraise because, I mean, investors are becoming much more savvy. They're becoming much more engaged. They're asking these deep questions and asking the sort of the questions that they can then dig into. Whereas I think before you had investors that 
really did want to sort of relate to the business and invest into something in which they could see up the road in, the, in their shops and things like that, which, which is still absolutely the case, but it's just another mechanism to be able to top up that allocation of a round for not just B2C, but B2B as well. Yeah, very interesting as those things evolve. And so when it comes to cannabis companies, do you guys have to do more compliance or different compliance than you would on other businesses? Yes, we do more compliance on CBD businesses. This is for reasons of, I mean, our legal team, our investment team have to understand exactly where the cannabis is coming from. They need to understand sort of who it is that they're distributing to licenses. And I feel as though throughout this year, it may be that, I mean, from the first raise that we did last year to the last, the processes involved internally with Cedars were optimized due to the fact that we've simply done it 10 more times than what we did in the past. So with that in mind and with the novel foods coming in and this sort of space and becoming a lot more sort of open to a lot less gray, I think it's going to allow for us, for our third party payment processing partner who's Stripe, because a lot of the costs are, are passed on to them and the due diligence is undertaken by them as well. So just time and effort, energy involved there may be laxed. I mean, I'm thinking as a visionary that I like your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's a real problem in this industry is banking and payments. It's very hard to do. And I know, I mean, you know, I've spoken to you guys offline a few times. It's yeah, getting all of those pieces right, it's not the same as you, you know, a widget company that is raising on your platform, for example. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So, and are you seeing any kind of, I mean, CBD is very CPG focused, isn't it? So it's brand and, you know, and people are putting it in products they probably shouldn't. But are you seeing anything else around this space that's sort of interesting other than brands, let's say? Yeah. Having many more conversations with companies that traditionally, didn't have CBD as a product that are now incorporating that into their into their portfolio. And it's then sort of a matter of, okay, so why, I mean, you, you already asked ask them the question, okay, so why is it you want to be able to launch in this space? What's the reason, obviously, is it something that we want to shout about in the campaign? And is it going to be a point of difference sort of moving forward? And I guess it comes back to due diligence here, where if you have a company that simply has one out of 20 of their products that have CBD, we need to be able to be in a position to be able to undertake their, our due diligence on them, but not nearly to the extent of, a, say, a business that prioritizes CBD that has 50 products that are product-based because the amount of yeah, diligence that's undertaken is obviously much more extensive there. So that's something that we're going to consider moving forward because CBD is, is a piece that will be adopted by many more businesses that may not prioritize on it but will adopt it in the future yeah yeah no it's interesting how that's all evolving i mean look ultimately capital is quite difficult to come by in this space and you know traditional routes have been difficult for people to come by that i i guess that's why this is a bit more of a natural choice for people yeah it is it is yeah so it's going to be very interesting to see the kinds of institutions that are going to be coming on board this year as the novel foods rolls out and I'd love to hear, hear your experience with that. Do you find that the conversations that you're having with these institutions, are they waiting for novel foods to kick into gear before they start their interest? Or is it sort of setting, laying the seeds, excuse the pun, sort of nice and early before this kicks off and then they may, may take it on? It's funny you should say this because, you know, if we're talking institutions as in VCs, I don't think many of them are looking at CBD. 
as it's a brand play, I think they're kind of looking at sort of other areas of IP and, you know, biotech sides of things with more interest. So the ones that I've spoken to, you know, aren't that fussed about novel foods because they aren't really looking at CBD companies, which is why I think CBD kind of naturally lends itself better to crowdfunding than maybe medical cannabis, for example. But, but yeah, no, it's interesting. And, you know, everyone's trying to raise money, aren't they? So you know, look at whatever angles you can. Yeah. And, and coming back to, yeah, how these businesses, the 11 that raised last year and their experience with, with raising up with us, it's a great, great piece of crowdfunding is that it's not just about onboarding your existing customers. It's a way to be able to acquire new customers. Um, you have a number of case studies where you have businesses that return to us because they saw the value in onboarding their, their campaign onto the platform. And then you also have a lot of these businesses that yeah, are able to convert those that may not have heard about their product before to then start referring their friends because they're invested to start to shout about it on, on their social media, even use them as sort of business partners as well. So there's a, there's a nice way on the platform to be able to have a discussion board whereby you're able to sort of reach out to those investors, ask them questions, polls, because they are the people that are using your product. And that's, that's business 101 is to be able to just not keep it internal, but ask the people that are using your product what it is that you can do to be able to develop it. So it's a nice way to be able to, yeah, democratize that sort of insight into what you're building, obviously through the quarterly updates and half yearly updates of, of your business and how it's running, but also what you're, what you're looking to do in terms of sort of the day-to-day and also hiring. Um, we see a number of people hiring off the platform as well into their businesses. And yeah, it's a nice way to be able to just, yeah, consolidate that interest. Yeah. I mean, look, great, isn't it? Way to round out the show. Your, you know, evangelists become your part owners, I suppose. This is a great way of, of running things. So, you know, I think crowdfunding is great for cannabis because it needs some help. So it's good that you guys are there. Andrew, thank you so much for sparing the time today. It's been great to chat. Great to chat with you. Great to chat with you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. It will help me spread the good word on how this amazing industry is developing. I work with various cannabis startups to help them get funded and grow. I also work with corporates and international cannabis companies to help them understand and navigate the European cannabis sector. We're working with some great clients across the cannabis value chain and we'd love to help you too. Please visit www.canverse.global to get in touch.